Welcome to the Life Changing Principles Podcast, where we take a new principle every week and explore how it changes our lives. I'm Leanne Hunt, ready to jump into today's principle. Today's principle is about having a framework in your mind so that when you learn something, you can hang things on it and it helps you to be able to apply what you've learned to real life. And the way I'm going to explore this principle of having a framework and how useful it is, is by taking a skill and teaching you a skill, but doing it within a framework so that it's more helpful to you in learning and using this skill. So the skill that I'm going to teach you is called reflective listening. And the framework that we're going to hang it on is called the who's upset framework. So let's think about this for a minute. In our lives, we're constantly having conversations with people who are in four different states of being upset. Either the other person is upset, or you yourself are upset, or nobody's upset, or everybody's upset. Both of you are upset. So if we think about this framework as we approach each conversation, there are actually skills that can be used to make the conversations go better depending on which quadrant you're in, depending on who's upset. If nobody's upset, you can just have a regular conversation. If the other person's upset, then you need to use the skill of reflective listening. It will make the conversation go better. It will calm the emotions of the other person. If you're the one that's upset, you need to use I statements. It will help you to be more clear and to get what you need across so that it dampens your own upset and you can get what you need. And then the last one is when both people are upset, basically you use the two skills that are already in the quadrant, the listening skill and the I statement skill, and you just hop back and forth between the two. So quadrant, that's the framework, depending on who's upset. I'm upset, you're upset. Nobody's upset or we're both upset. And in each quadrant is a different skill that you use. So now let's talk about reflective listening and the skill of how to listen when someone else is frustrated or upset about something and is talking to you about this problem or the situation that they're in. Reflective listening has three parts. The first part is actually listening. The second part is summarizing. And then the third part is naming the emotion. I'm going to go over those just a little more in depth and then we'll take each one one at a time. So the first part is listening. Listening means actually listening to the person, putting your own thoughts aside, putting your own agenda aside, putting your phone or your things down, getting some eye contact, actually listening to them with your ears, which means closing your mouth and closing out the other thoughts and agendas that you might have. So you're actually going to listen to them. However, if you only listen to them, that's just the first part of the three, right? The three are listening, summarizing, and naming the emotion. So if you only listen to somebody and then you don't really respond back, they're kind of left hanging. They're left feeling uncomfortable. Like, okay, I just spilled my guts about this thing and you're not really saying anything. They don't really know where they stand. And so it's an awkward, uncomfortable situation. So if you really want to help someone who's frustrated with something to feel heard and to be calm, 
then first you listen and second you summarize or you find a way to reflect back what they've said so that they know that you both heard them and that you understood that you get it. We're really just trying to understand what someone else is saying and help them know that we understand them. So that's the second part is summarizing. We use summarizing to do that. And then the third step is naming the emotion. When someone's upset, they can't think through and solve their own problems because they're upset about it. Being upset and being emotional does things to our body and to our brain that makes us be less logical, that makes us be less positive in our forward thinking and problem solving. It just gums things up. And so being able to get rid of that emotional turmoil for a minute helps us to be able to settle down and solve the problem. And the best way to get rid of that emotional turmoil that someone else has is to name the emotion. And of course you can do this for yourself too. Naming any emotion quiets that emotion, but this is what we can do for someone else when they're upset is to name that emotion so that it quiets the emotion. So let's take a look at each one of these a little more in depth. But before we do that, I want to talk about why we would bother with this reflective listening. In all of our relationships, we run into times when someone else around us is upset. It could be our kids if we're a parent. It could be our spouse or partner if we're married. It could be our coworkers. It could be our friends. It really doesn't matter who it is. This is really universal. I've used reflective listening with my one-year-old granddaughter, and I've used reflective listening with my 94-year-old father-in-law. So it's really universal. You can use it with men or women. You can use it with people you know well and don't know well. You can use it with any age and in really almost any circumstance. So when someone is frustrated or upset about something, listening to them calms them down so that then you can get to what it is that they're actually needing, or you can solve the problem, or you can move on and walk away from the conversation. Of all the skills that I've ever used as a parent, This one is the most effective and the most useful and something that I use the most often. It's an amazing skill. So let's dive down a little deeper into it. First of all, how do you actually know someone's upset? A lot of times someone's not going to come to you and say, let me tell you this difficult situation that I had where I was really embarrassed and they're going to lay it all out for you and, and you have all the pieces of it. That's not what happens. What really happens is people are frustrated and upset and they kind of don't know what's going on because they're agitated and in the middle of it. And so they'll come to you with this opening statement like, I'm never going back to that school. Or I hate my friends and that's it. I'm not talking to them anymore. Or I give up. I just can't do this anymore. And so these statements are almost like little baiting statements to say, something's going on. I need you to listen to me. When you hear one of those statements, or you can see that someone's upset, we have three skills that are going to help us figure it out. We listen, which means in that moment, we set aside our wants, our desires, our needs, our thoughts. We take the energy because it does take a little bit of energy to say, Hmm, I'm going to put on this separate kind of hat. I'm going to take on a new role. I'm going to become a listener and I'm going to actually actively listen to you for a few minutes. That doesn't mean you're always going to do this with this person in this, um, in your relationship. It just means that in this moment of listening, I'm going to be a good listener and this is how I do this. 
If you don't know how to be a good listener, just imagine what you think a good listener might do, what a therapist might do, what a what a good coach who's listening to you might do, and just pretend to be them and act like they are. So even if you don't feel like you're a good listener, you, having the attending behaviors of a good listener is gonna get you most of the way there. So once you're listening, you want to summarize. It's really helpful when I've told you something and poured my heart out for someone to come back to me and say, so what I hear you saying is, and then lay it out for me. Or to say, let me see if I've got this right. Or to say, from your perspective, it seems like, and then when they sum it all up and I hear it in somebody else's words, it helps me to make more sense of it. This conversation might've taken a while. And so to pause for a minute and say, let me see what I've heard so far and, and see if we can summarize this and see if this is where we're at. Then the final thing that we can do that is so powerful is to try to name the emotion that they might be feeling because of this situation, because clearly they're upset. So they're experiencing some kind of emotion. Let's see if we can name what that emotion is. When we name the emotion, it's almost like playing a game where you're listening and you're starting to try to put yourself in that situation and try to imagine from their perspective what they might be feeling and you just guess. So you feel left out. And what happens is if they feel left out, it's gonna be super validating and they're gonna be like, yeah, I feel left out. If it's not right, they're gonna go, no, I don't feel left out. And they'll tell you more about what's actually happening. So there's no harm in actually trying to just guess what emotion they might be feeling. It helps them to clarify what's happening and explain it better. So now we have three different little micro skills inside the big skill of reflective listening. We can listen to someone, we can summarize, and we can name the emotion. So now let's take this back to the context of having a framework of when we use this skill. We don't just walk around reflective listening to everybody all day. That would just be weird. We especially don't want to try to reflective listen to someone when we're upset and we're trying to get them to do something or trying to explain our situation. Turning around and listening at that point isn't going to be useful. It's going to be permissive. It's just going to be backwards. Instead, what we want to do is we want to be aware of this framework in our heads that says there are different skills to use when different things are happening, depending on who's upset. And so when we notice someone being upset, we can be like, ah, got this. I know what to do in this situation. This is when I reflective listen. I'm going to do this. Let's look at a couple situations where this might happen. So I'm watching my two-year-old granddaughter and her one-year-old brother and her parents just get ready to leave on their date and they walk out the door and shut the door. What's going to happen? Kids are going to get upset. They start crying. Mom, I want mom. So as soon as I see someone's upset, I go, oh, I got this. There's a framework here. When someone's upset, I reflective listen. So I put down my phone. I put down my book. I put down my purse. I put down whatever's in my hand and I go over, get on her level. So I either pick her up or else I just squat down on her level. So it's eye to eye. So she can see I'm listening to her. And then I summarize what's happening and try to name the emotion. I say, oh, you're feeling sad. <laughs> you want mommy and daddy. Uh-huh. You want mommy and daddy to come back. Uh-huh. So you want mommy and daddy to come back, but they're not coming back now. But it's okay. Grandma and grandpa are here, but you're feeling sad. You wish they would come. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. But if you'll do this, 
they calm down. They don't keep crying forever. They just go, oh, someone's hearing me. She knows I'm sad. She knows I want my mom, but she's not doing anything about it, but that's okay. At least she knows what I want. I'm not alone here. I know that I'm supported. I know that someone's got my back and all right, let's go play or let's go have a snack. Let's take another situation. Let's say you're on your regular walk with your neighbor and you're walking around the block or whatever your little route is. And partway through, she starts telling you about a big situation that's happening that's making her really frustrated and upset. And you can hear the emotion in her voice. You can tell that this is a problem for her. What do you do? You go, oh, framework. She's upset. It's time for me to listen. And so you pull out your three skills, your listening skills, your summarizing and your naming the emotion. And that's what you do in this conversation. You say, well, tell me more. You're trying to listen. So you're opening yourself up and you're asking her to tell you more about what's going on. And then you summarize what's actually happening. Wow. That sounded like that was really embarrassing in that moment. It sounds like you're confused about what to do next. It sounds like this happens a lot with your sister-in-law and it's really frustrating and concerning for you because you're not sure how to stop the pattern. It sounds like you're feeling a little helpless because you want to go to these family gatherings, but you can't control what she's going to say. And so you're feeling helpless in the situation. A lot of times as friends, we want to jump in and we want to solve the problem, right? We want to start telling her what she should say to her sister-in-law and what she should do or how she should stop going to the family gatherings or whatever it is. We want to give them advice. And maybe down the road, there is some brainstorming that you could do with her and there's some advice that could happen. But while she's upset and frustrated with the situation, she's not ready for the advice yet. She first needs to process the emotion so she can actually figure out what the real problem is. Is the real problem that one moment of being embarrassed? Is the real problem the pattern of what her sister-in-law keeps saying? Is the real problem not the sister-in-law at all, but that she wants to have a better relationship with her mother-in-law and she's worried that her reactions with the sister-in-law are getting in the way of that? This framework is so clear in my mind now that I can go through the day and if, if I'm upset, I know, oh, I want someone to reflective listen to me. So I'll even ask my husband, hey, this is so frustrating. I'm so upset. Will you reflective listen to me? Because I know that that's going to calm things down and help me be able to think through things so that I can solve my own problem. Learning new principles and skills is really useful, but it's way more useful to have a framework that allows you to hang your new learning of the principles and skills on that framework and helps you then be able to apply it to your life and use it in real time. Not just take notes on it, not just have learned it once and thought it was a cool idea, but to actually be able to use it in real time in real life. Thanks for being here and taking a little time out of your busy life for personal development. I applaud you for that. We take change one step at a time. You're already on your way. You're already enough. You've got this. Have a great week and we'll see you for the next principle.